0: Welcome to Evolving Humans. I'm your host, Julia Marie, and this podcast is for visionary people like you who are exploring the true nature of reality and want to contribute to the global awakening. You seek to deepen the connection to your multidimensional self so that you can live a more conscious life. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Evolving Humans and for continuing to support us with your ratings and reviews. And subscribing to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. I'm Julia Marie and I'm looking forward to speaking with my guest, Stephanie Acello, author, teacher, mystic poet, and speaker. Stephanie walks the path of self-discovery daily. She's written two inspirational books, Pour Me Another Cup, mystical writings to illuminate your soul and balancing the stones mystical writings to wake up your soul stephanie calls these heart writings and their collections of her mystical poetic insights and stories she lives in beautiful colorado with her family friends and her animal gurus she gives form to the formless with profound simplicity and she'll be sharing some of those writings with us today, so stay tuned. I'm so glad to have you as a guest on Evolving Human, Stephanie, so welcome. Thank you, I am very excited about being on as well. It takes a lot of courage to follow the desires of your heart, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this show. In 2008, you left your home and your job as a middle school teacher in Long Island, and went to live on a farm in a small town in Colorado. How did you go from middle-aged school teacher to Colorado farmer? You know, it appears to be courageous,
1: but when you're ready, it just happens. And part of that was I felt I needed a change, and um, I had a lot of changes in my life. I've been in an ashram for years, a uh, yoga ashram, um, learning uh, the yoga principles. Then I went to uh, being a teacher. And then I came out here in Colorado uh, <laughs> to try farming, which I never really grew anything in New York. So this was a great thing. And <clears throat> how that happens, I think, for, for myself and for others, is following that inner guidance, that passion there's a passion within us that feelings arise and uh, they really can't be ignored because they keep on nudging you and to do something different or going in a direction. And um, they're usually through desires, desires from the soul. And they're kind of like signposts. Go this way, go try that. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And, um, and I always followed my passions. And as a result, I think I got to, have more of an experience of my authentic self and my true self, but uh yeah, it's following your passions and um when you do, it's not as difficult as it is you're going to go through fears, of course, but as you know as you feel that nudging and that strong feeling and those strong passions, the current seems to take over and uh and you just know what to do.
0: You didn't just wake up one morning and decide to leave your life in Long Island. I mean, you just explained a little bit about how it's like you got used to paying attention to what was going on inside of you. And I'm totally a fan of that. People know that I say we need to live from the inside out, not the outside in. And so that's how I explain what you just talked about. And you kind of glancingly mentioned the living in an ashram would you start with talking a little bit about that experience like what did you what were the pieces to your puzzle that you picked up through that experience and Uh i want to know what raja yoga is too oh okay well let's take a step back before the even the ashram i
1: always uh you know i lived on long island in new york and i lived very close to the bay I was very uh, close to nature all the time. And even when I was younger, I used to just always be in awe of the way things work. You know, you know, you put a seed in, in the ground and then you get a piece of fruit from it. <laughs> I mean, How does that happen? You know, so uh, I always had that very strong desire to kind of get into that nature of reality and mm-hmm. and life. So uh, I always had that and. I was a little bit of rowdy. I used to smoke a lot. I drank, and 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 it, and it started not working for me. And then one day, I was in Amityville, New York. It's a little town in uh, on Long Island, and uh, there was a sign in one of the stores. And this, and meanwhile, I'm smoking a cigarette while I'm I'm reading the sign. And uh, I, the sign said, hey, you want some peace in your life? You know, join the, there's an ashram down the road. They have uh, yoga lessons and things like that and classes. And I I felt a very strong impulse to do it. Even though it really wasn't my lifestyle, I was just not in the head of that stuff at that time. So I did take a couple of classes and uh, there was a guru there. Her name was Gurani Anjali. And uh, who was fantastic? She was great. However, um, the big concerns that I had when I was that I started the classes was not what most people would think. My thing was, do I have to stop smoking now? <laughs> so, you know, do, and do I have to wear a sari and not wear my jeans? That I, so that's that's where I was very surface. But I did continue. And I did quit smoking. It was very easy. It just dropped away as I was continuing uh, in the ashram. So from that spot, I realized, oh my God, there's another world going on besides the one that I have been living. <laughs> you know, that um, mystical in-between transient kind of life that is uh, not seen, but it, it is the main reason why we see everything. I was in the ashram for a while. I, it was great. I learned a lot. But then it was time for me to move on. To move on. And, um, and that's when I had an impulse to go teach kids. So um, I went, finished my degree, and, um, and I went back to school and got a degree and started teaching in a middle school. And meanwhile, I had a child at that time, too. So th- those impulses that I was talking about, You know, it's just like if you get an impulse or a nudge from soul, like, gee, I always wanted to do that. I'm, I'm feeling excited about doing something like this. You don't just go and do it, but you start exploring it. All right, let me, you know, you start looking into it. And as you're doing it, you will do more of it or you might change direction. But that is so important, I think, right now, especially is following your excitements, your joys. You know, part of life is to have fun. You know, have a good time, lighten up a little bit. I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but is it really going on in your circumstance? It may, but a lot of people, it's not. It seems to be out in the world, something separate from ourselves. That's what I meant is following those impulses. And if you don't have to just go jump into something, but start exploring it, you know, start looking into it. So that's what I always did. And I went back to school and I taught uh, in a middle school. It was all those kids were all my gurus, big time. <laughs> I worked with very difficult children that had some uh, physical, emotional, behavioral uh, pro- uh, challenges. and uh, But I learned just so much from them and very grateful.
0: But I want to close the loop with what exactly is Raja Yoga? Okay. But Raja Yoga is an eight-limb
1: yoga, and it kind of covers everything. It covers the Hatha Yoga, which people do those asanas or the exercises. It covers pranayama, the breathing, getting into the breathing. It covers niyamas and yamas, which are things that you may uh, start observing or actually restraining from, like, you know, not to lie and be more honest and be aware of certain things. Uh, It also concentrates on um, meditation. And the biggest thing that, that is in contemplation, which is also called jnana yoga. And that is where you contemplate things. You know, what does my heart long for? Who, who am I? Who am I really, you know? And that part of contemplation is they call it nitty nitty, which is you contemplate things and then you'll come up with answers and you'll go, Well, that's not it. That's not it. And then eventually you're left with, Well, if that's not it, then what is? So you're on this really cool search or seeking or inner journeying of yourself, which is in plain sight. <laughs> but we don't figure that out until we find it, till we uh, actually get it in touch with it, I mean. So that's what that is. It has, it, it did the whole combination of everything and and including karma yoga, uh, which my first karma yoga, Julia, I'll share with you. Mm-hmm. When I first joined the ashram, they put me on toilet patrol. So that means I was cleaning the toilets of the, of the, uh, they had a vegetarian restaurant. <clears throat> so I'm cleaning the toilets and, you know, I'm thinking, all right, this is karma yoga. Is this going to bring me enlightenment cleaning to who knew that cleaning toilets can bring you well, it didn't bring enlightenment to me. So, uh, but I asked for a change. I didn't like it at all. And they did. So, uh, you know, it uh, there karma yogers, you know, the yoga of action, you're doing your action for the love and devotion of uh, knowing who you are. So, I did learn a lot in in that particular ashram. But it was time to move on. Time to live your life In a sovereign way and start making your own decisions, you know.
0: You have a unique experience when it comes to the guru dynamic. And so, what did you learn about, I'll be specific, external gurus? Okay. Well, you know, guru,
1: which I think the term means in Sanskrit to to dispel darkness, but it's also a guru is to guide you to your inner teaching, to your inner guidance. That doesn't always happen. So the external guru that I had experience with in the beginning was very good for me because I didn't really know anything. Um, But eventually I realized that it has to come from me, from within myself. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, Julia, that everything you face, from an ant, little ant going in and out of its hole, to the stars of the universe, to a dog, to a person that you like or don't like, is a guru. Mm-hmm. Everything you are faced with is showing you about you, not only your personal egoic self, but also that eternal, infinite, pure awareness self that mm-hmm. is I consider our true self. Yes. So I realize, oh my, everything is a guru. And uh, one of the first um, experiences I had was I was in upstate New York in Ithaca. It's a really cool college town Mm -hmm. with a lot of water. And I was with a friend and I woke up in the morning. uh, She was still sleeping and I'm having a muffin and I'm feeling the sun coming through the window. It was just gorgeous morning and a fly, a big fly landed on my shoulder. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like really in a groovy state, you know, really calm. And, all that. and then I decided I'm going to start feeding it. So I'm feeding this fly little crumbs of from the muffin. And in that moment, there was a connection between that fly and me that was so strong. And I realized how the self of me is the self of everything. Now. I personally you know uh, wouldn't think a fly that goes on poop would be that teacher <laughs> so, but it was. And I realized that everything that you are faced with is your teacher. Now of course you're not gonna um, you can't you know be aware of every little dynamic that happens in your life. But if something is bringing your attention to something, then you're in the field of consciousness. Pay attention. And when you're in the field of consciousness, yep. Then you have the access to the light, uh, to your own light. So that's what happened. So a fly actually, that's when I decided, well, this fly is gonna be fly ananda. Guru fly ananda. <laughs> so and I I and and as crazy as it sounds, now I look at flies very differently. Again, I don't want them on my food. <laughs> After they just went on my horses. But I, I rea- just, you start to realize that everything, every aspect of existence has that, I call that self, that inner self that is a pure awareness. And that's self realization, you know, and it's everybody has access to it. It's not, you know, this thing that only gurus can have. When you just start realizing that which moves you moves everything, mm-hmm. just start acknowledging that. And that is a self-realization. And when you have that self-realization, Julia, you really can't do too much harm because you're harming yourself. Some people can, but a lot of people can't. So that, that, so that fly was a big pivot point. Now, I, ha- I had a lot of gurus, not external. Well, they were external, but they weren't the normal guru from India
0: I actually can understand what you're talking about. I had mm-hmm. a communion recently with the grasshopper on my garbage can. And yeah. I wouldn't share that with anybody but somebody who'd fed muffin crumbs to a fly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, the thing is,
1: is that I'm glad you did share that. Mm-hmm. Because I know a few people, and I bet there's a lot, that have had that sense of unity
0: uh-huh. with the
1: most unlikely characters or bugs or animals, or even trees. And that unity, that is a mystical experience. Yes. Is when you're in that unity. And that's what I mean by that. And, you know, what moves that grasshopper moves, moves your me. breath. Yep. And it moves the whole entire existence the whole universe and we have access
0: to that 24 7 365 there you go (laughs) i i understand that that's another reason why i wanted to have you on because i knew stephanie this was going to be a conversation that was going to be like me getting to talk to myself so thank you for that yes thank you If you're enjoying this episode, please take a moment to rate it and leave an honest review so we can reach more people. And now, back to the conversation. Just from what you've been saying, it's apparent that your spiritual life is your life. And when I'm talking with clients a lot, what I hear is, how can I balance my the important spiritual lessons I need to learn with my daily life. And it's challenging to try and explain that the life is the lesson. I, my whole life, I always was exploring something. I actually had a, one of my
1: greatest teachers beside, um, you know, I think mentors and teachers are great, but eventually you have to make the decision has to be your experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had one that I called the guru in polyester pants, because when I met him, he looked like an accountant and it kind of freaked me out because I envisioned him to be, oh, you look like Jesus or something. And he was one of the best teachers I ever had. So he taught me not to judge the book by its cover for sure. But the thing is, is that we, we can't separate our life and spirituality. Now, what is spirituality? Is it, Is it practicing, uh, you know, the uh, asanas or to me, after I went through all that, when I was really in self-inquiry and introspection, and I realized real spirituality is being who you are, your authentic self. I'm trying to be the best you can,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, uh, authentically and lovingly, kindly, you know, and because when you are who you really are, then you know what spirituality is because you become one. So that personal self of you was expressing itself in an authentic way. It could be through art, through podcasts, through caring, whatever it is, even like putting the order to things, whatever's your thing, you know, when you have that, when it's integrated with your absolute self or your eternal self or your God Mm -hmm. self, whatever you call it, that pure awareness that's when you live a spiritual life and having fun you know we're here to enjoy our life it's a visit you know when you go you know I heard uh who was it was it um I think it was Abraham Hicks who mentioned you go on a vacation you know you want to have fun you don't want to just end it right away it's a short time so you want to try enjoy it as much as you can so uh, and that's how I see life as well so when People can't integrate their spirituality into their life; they're separating. So the the best thing that I've known is is one of the biggest things is you got to quiet the mind a little bit. You know, you got to stay away from the TV a little bit, not a lot. That news, I think, is very toxic. Quiet the mind a little. Listen to music. Go out in nature, if you can meditate. It doesn't have to be hours. It could be five minutes you know follow your breath because if you're familiar with the patanjali sutras from yoga the first three statements say it all the first statement says you want to know about yoga now it, it, i know i put a little brooklyn accent to it but <laughs> <laughs> you hey you want to know about yoga well you got to it's a it's a it's a yoking of the personal self and the absolute self your pure awareness and your egoic self okay that's the first statement it says the second one says well you, How do you do that? You got to calm the thoughts. You have to suppress the thoughts. Chitta britta naroda. Calm the thoughts. And the third one says, when you do calm the thoughts, well, the seer, the one who sees, abides in itself. That Mm -hmm. pure awareness. Those three statements say it all. I mean, I I was like blown away when I read those three. So basically, you got to calm those thoughts. Thoughts are not bad. You will never not have thoughts. But do the thoughts have you or do you have the thoughts? Thoughts are powerhouses, creative powerhouses. If they're directed, if they're directed by inspired action from love yourself. But if they're running around like when I used to have a classroom of kids, they're like kids running around in the classroom. You have no control. Then it's not going to work for you. So it's very simple to be spiritual, just quiet the thoughts a little bit, be who you are, spend time in nature. Nature shows us so much about ourselves, you know, and and of course you have to have the desire for that because uh, I feel we're all enlightened already. You're right. It's a recognition. It's not a thing that ends it's infinite. It keeps on evolving. And I, we are already, but sometimes we can't see the spot we're standing on. It's so close to us. It's so intimate. It's so who we are, we, we don't pay attention to mm-hmm. it. So, uh, you know, and I think if, if some people would just started embracing that, that we have that inner knowledge within us, to, that could help as well.
0: Yes. So that was well said. I do want to talk about your books, because I, I want to know what inspired you to write them. And, and more importantly, why do you feel it's important to publish them now? Okay.
1: I used to have these writings from a long time ago and I decided to put them all together in the last couple of years because I really feel where humanity or is at a real critical point in human history. Mm-hmm. And that critical point is acknowledging that we can create together and individually
0: mm-hmm.
1: a loving, peaceful world or a fearful world and a discord world, a world that's full of violence and everything else that Mm -hmm. seems that's happening. Yeah. We have that choice. Mm -hmm. So I feel we're at that critical point and it all starts with the individual. It all starts with you. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to read a heart writing that will explain that at the end of this session, Mm -hmm. but that's why I decided to write it. So it, Now, it's a book that you don't have to read from cover to cover because I know everybody's busy. So it's a book you could just turn to any page. And hopefully that's what you need to hear at that moment. Perfect. They're they're all emphasizing the uh, inner exploration, contemplation, inquiry, wonder, and and start realizing it's in our hands. It's not in anybody else, not the governments, not the religions, not corporate. It's in our hands. And it has to start with
0: us first. So that's why I decided to write the books. Can you share that heart writing with us? Sure. So what I mean by starting with
1: us is we have to be the world we want to live in. So that's what this uh, heart writing is about. Okay. What do you want from the world? The world holds nothing. It looks to you to fill the space. If you want peace, be peaceful. If you want harmony, sing sweet music. If you want generosity, be generous. If you want acceptance, be accepting. If you want tolerance, be tolerant. If you want kindness, be kind. If you wanna be heard, listen. And if you want love, be loving. It is not a difficult task. The world's existence depends on you. It gets its breath from you. Take a deep breath and exhale from your eternal source of beingness and be the world you want to live in. So that's what that's about. Whatever you want in the world, be it
0: you know, does that make sense? Yes, we are called human beings. That's very true. I want to thank you for starting this conversation. And you've alluded to a couple of things I want to ask you to go in more depth about. So I appreciate that you've agreed to stick around for a second episode. So I'm just gonna thank you for sharing this part of your story with us. And I look forward to this next part. But before I close out, Stephanie, will you please tell people how they can find you? I have a website. It's Stephanieacello.com.
1: And on there, you can, um, it's a direct link to Amazon if you're interested in the books. Or I also have uh, an email that if you have any questions, you can email me and, um, and get in touch with that. I also have a Facebook uh, that you could also connect to the uh, website too. So Stephanieacello.com.
0: Thank you so much. I will make sure all of your links are in the show notes. So I'm just going to say that's our time for today. Please take a moment to head over to evolvinghumanspodcast.com and leave us a voicemail with your comments and your questions. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you.